Bring back the wolves. There you are, friend. Hi. What weird tech stuff this morning, John. What happened? Uh, automatic updates. What on your on your software on your computer operating system? My operating system, and then uh, that took like fifteen minutes. I you know turn on the computer, and it just went into this mode of unpleasantness, and now everything's sort of running slow. Yeah. So I don't know. Is it uh, the things seem normal? Audio, video. Uh, things are a little, uh, a little degraded. But that's par for the course yeah. for men in their 40s. Pretty good. New headphones oh. <clears throat> that I couldn't, can't, can't figure out how to turn down. Oh, really? So everything sounds like it's you and the computer and everything is screaming and there's beeping. There we go. <laughs> yeah, you look so much happier now. Look at you. You've got a big smile on Hi. your face. You've just solved a technical problem. If I turn the microphones down to one, zero, yeah. one, yeah, then it's I can handle it. All right, good, yeah. good. That's so, all good. Uh, uh, so, um, I'm glad we're I'm glad we're all up to date. It's an era of it's an era of software updates. Everyone is issuing new operating systems, and um, apps are are changing it's without our, our permission, and um, we're promised a a great future. But um, maybe it won't come. I mean, forgive me for being skeptical. I don't trust that it will arrive with the new software Are updates. You, you think the updates aren't going to solve everything? I don't know if they're going to, Ed. I'm not confident in this at all. You think well, we're still going to have sorrow and, and anxiety despite thinking, the, new, um, the new upgrades? I think, I'm thinking maybe. I think, I'm thinking yeah. sorrow may continue to exist. Well, I'm, I'm sad to hear you say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you we brought sorrow back in. You bugged it. You know, I'm a, a professional. Turns writer. out you're the bug, John. You're the bug. <laughs> I'm the feature. You're the are you the bug or you're the feature? Um, yeah, I I I am a I'm a professional uh, writer of dramatic stories, so it's only natural that I should dwell in the realm of sorrow more than the yeah. average person. So, um. While you were uh, while you were waiting for your your computer to um, to 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 fix itself, um, I was reading some comments from T. R. Johnson on the Facebook. Ah, and uh, you're still said, on Facebook. No, 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 our Facebook. We still have our, oh. our our Facebook page. Did you know that it even existed? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I don't know how to uh, uh, how my exiting the system affected the our page. Uh, it didn't affect it at all, um, but I was actually right before you uh, c- quit completely. I was going to ask you to take over the the Facebook. Because <laughs> I didn't feel like doing it anymore, so now I'm doing. It. But T. Yeah. T. R. Johnson okay. said um, uh, first he says he may have developed an addiction to figs, and then he said a question. I've got a jug of orange juice in my fridge that has been there a long, long time, and I'm wondering at what point it will become a liquor. So I googled this, and. Um, so TR, uh, letting your um, orange juice ferment is what is known, it turns out, as a life hack. And there's a website called Lifehacker that has a, uh, gives you a collection of these, of these things. Yeah. And um, 
and it tells you how to do this. It's got a lot of links. Healthy will, healthy will alcohol treat. In the, in the refrigerator, will it ferment? I don't, it says, let's see. Um, it might arrest conversion. It's saying that uh, there's a lot of um, he- healthy eating and drinking uh, people on the internet saying that this is uh, this is a good thing to do. It's not simply acceptable, an acceptable practice, but it's a recommended practice. Um, and it says how to make orangina, and then in parentheses, fermented orange juice. And I'm not so sure that orangina is actually fermented orange juice. No. I think, I think it's, it's orange soda. Orange yeah, it's orange soda. Yeah, I'm not well, French. But you're not supposed to, it says uh, It says you're not supposed to leave just uh, your, your basic um, supermarket orange juice to ferment. You're supposed to squeeze some oranges and then intentionally ferment them. Like you might do in a prison. Yeah. Like in a, in a bag hidden behind the toilet. Right. And while you're waiting for it to ferment, you can make a, make a knife Chip. out of a bed yeah. leg. Yeah. Yeah. That's where life hacking comes from. Right. Right. Life, life, another word for life hack is prison craft. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I would read a magazine called Prison Craft. I would too. I'll start that one. We should start a magazine. It's not a bad idea. We'll call it Prison yeah. Craft. Prison Craft. Yeah. Uh, fig, well, I know that uh, TR, I think, has a fig tree in his backyard. Fresh figs are, uh, uh, it is like an addiction that somebody would have to, like, alcohol or sex, except it's for figs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and because they're... What was it? The like, what was it the onion said? I'm like a I'm like a chocoholic except like, for booze. For booze, yeah. 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 Oh, a fresh fig is a wonderful thing. Yeah, and if you have a fig tree that's in a warm enough area where it, it produces maybe a couple of couple three crops a year, mm-hmm. um, they're different. I think we've talked about this before. Um, when a fig tree is its actual native and, and more tropical environment, it'll make three or four fruitings a year, and each each one is a little different as far as what you can do. So the spring fig, summer fig, you can eat. You know, if you beat the beat, if you get to it before the birds do, before the mockingbirds do, mm-hmm. uh, and the jays, you can um, you know just grab a bunch of the ones that are ripe that morning and pop them in your mouth, or maybe pour a little cream over them and have breakfast. But then there there might be a, a, a fall or winter fruiting of a, a sort of smaller, bitterer figs, which you wouldn't eat right off the tree, but make a nice use them for a nice jam or preserves yeah. or or a newtoning. They're they're ripe for a newtoning. What is a newtoning, point. Ed? For a fig newton. Oh, it's the process. <laughs> the process of of uh, of uh, <laughs> granulating them and putting them between. Confections. It's a Newtoning. You've made. Have you made your own fig Newtons? No, I don't like fig. I don't care for fig Newton. <laughs> I don't mind the fig filling. There's something weird about the. Uh, oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even call it a cookie, but the, the the thing that it's wrapped around. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of a. It's more of a. A, yeah. a fussy cake. It's a. It's a pedantic little cake. Yeah, I suppose if it's if it's like a, um, uh, oh, I I don't want to say Madeline. That's the only word I can remember. Uh, 
that kind of spongy lady finger. It's kind of like a lady finger. Mm, kind of like yeah. a lady finger, yeah. That's all right. A lady finger that's been filled with, um, with uh, fig preserves would be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go get that. I would like to get an artisanal Fig Newton. I would like someone in my town to be making and selling those and for me to go is, and eat them. Is that one that you pump up out of the ground? Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> good, to see, good to see that the, the fig pumps are working again. <laughs> uh, hey, your, your, your computer has finally decided to let you sound full and rich so your your voice sounds wonderful now well that's wonderful <laughs> i'll try oh, to bring it i'll so try to bring it now yeah <laughs> all right so what's what's new this week in uh seats oh uh, well, that's, my, that's my nickname for your city Seats. Yeah. yeah i like it it'll catch on we don't really have a good nickname we don't have a good name the right. name is problematic already what about jet city i don't like it I sort of like Rat City, but that's more <laughs> that's more white center, sort of more South Seattle. Yeah, Rat City, Jet City, I don't like Emerald City, I don't like because I fucking have done so much to get away from Kansas <laughs> that for there to be an Oz association with the city <laughs> I've finally chosen really fucking rankles. It rankles, John. Yeah, I I can tell. I can tell it rankles. So, but you're saying that there's something problematic about the name of the city already to begin with. Well, it's the name of uh, Chief Seattle. Yeah. Um, so it's it's the, the name of a, uh, uh, a a native leader. All right. Uh, who gave a uh, um, who who lived here with his people before they were extirpated, mm. um, um, robbed of their land, and then. Um, uh, mostly of their lives, and uh, um, and he gave a, a he wrote a, a gave a very sad speech on the subject, and uh, then we took his name for the city, and we kind of don't pronounce it right. Also, it's like more like Seattle instead of Seattle. So it's a um, it's a that's that's kind of. Weird. It's not that long ago. Like it's yeah. only like the 1850s. When was you know? the city named? 1850s. Like my great grandfather was born in 1850. Really? 1850. Yeah. So wait, you know, wait, it's wait. It's not like a. Uh, I don't know. So there's, there's a sadness and and inherent in the name. Um. Walt Whitman in his essay on American slang. Do you know this essay? We talked about this. I don't. It's great. I'll Great essay by Whitman called "Slang in America." Okay, I think it's the title. Um, he talks about the names of uh, cities in the Pacific Northwest and how. Uh, and I think it's not Whitman at his best. He's it's, he's trying to be funny, which is not really a good mode for him. <laughs> and and he's saying that you know the that our, our names the names of, of the Northwest towns are sufficiently barbaric. Um. The only uh, the, the reason why the Northern Pacific Railroad it fixed its terminus at Tacoma was because it was the only um, you know, uh, 
uh, mildly pleasant sounding name of a of, of a municipality in the Pacific Northwest. Pardon me, I had to sneeze. But they're they're named like that because obviously because they're Indian names. Yeah, I was going to say is the is is stupid uh, Walt Whitman. Uh, so, something tells me that um, the namesake of Tacoma did not fare well in the uh, in the grand uh, melting pot of the mid eighteen hundreds either. Well, that's a whole that's a whole tribe. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, things didn't go very well out here. Now they, it's a lot, slightly different story than elsewhere, just because it's a bit later. But, um, you know, and I, I, uh, we don't have a good nickname. We don't have a good name. We don't have a good nickname. The state name is kind of a, uh, the kind that you might make up in a novel about future states, <laughs> Washington. Northern California wants to be called Jefferson. And really? A proposed state at the same time, I think that Seattle, that, that Washington and Oregon were, 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 uh, were lineated. I think that uh, Jefferson was a similar sized state that was supposed to be, you know, uh, north of Eureka, California, like Humboldt I think, County. And I think there's ample, ample cultural justification for, for having. Northern California be a different state from California, well, especially north of San Francisco, because it's it's uh, it's a lot it's a lot more like Oregon and Washington mm-hmm. uh, by you know climate and landscape, and uh, it's just a place to grow weed, and that's all that <laughs> happens there. There's Mount Shasta where they grow Shasta colas, yeah, and uh, the rest of the those counties where they grow weed, and that's. That's true. That's all. All they do there is grow weed. They don't even go to school or wash their clothes. Why would they do those things? They don't need to they do don't those brush things. Their teeth. They don't wipe their butts. They don't have to. They just grow the grow weeds. There's no one there saying if you don't wipe your butt before you come to the office, we won't let you come to the office anymore. No one's saying that to them. No. Somebody should. Somebody should tell them. So did, was Washington State named after or before Washington D.C. became the nation's capital? I'm already after, answering that question. Long after, really? Long, yeah, yeah. When did well, D.C. Washington, become the capital? Oh, by I don't know, 1800, 1805. Early very early. It got burned in 1812. Right. So by 18, you know, that's the deadline. Is 1812. Um, Washington becomes a state. I don't know. I don't know. It was a July seventeen ninety nineteen seventies. Washington becomes a state. I don't know. Seattle's sort of the flag is pan- planted on Seattle in eighteen fifty one. Became a state in eighteen eighty nine, and yeah. um, so Washington, Washington D.C. had already been. Had already been the capital for a hundred years. They had a century to contemplate how confusing this would be, and how well, how we how they were, they had a hundred years to think about how they might how Washington State might compromise its own unique identity by having the same name as the nation's capital, yes. and then forever, forever, people would say, "Where are you from?" and uh, denizens of Washington State would say, "Washington," and then. The follow-up question, D.C.? Washington State. 
you know, you got to say Washington State. Washington State. If you're from Rhode Island, you don't have that onerous burden nope. of saying you're from Rhode Island State. Although you could say, what's the full name of Rhode Island? The actual full name of Rhode Island is a... a really? A Rhode Island and something plantations. Are you joking? You're right. Holy shit. The smallest state of the Union, Rhode Island, also has the longest official name of any of the states, State of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. Incredible. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Plantations is in the name of one of our states. Does Providence still have any green space whatsoever in it? Never been. Never been. That's where they need to put the, the people, the, the mob is knocked off, right? In the green spaces. That's why you green need open spaces. And in the West, you want open space <laughs> for the grazing of elk and recreational activities. <laughs> in the East, you need it to, uh, to, to, to bury the, those who have crossed the mob. That's right. The, the mob is uh, at, at uh, city council meetings uh, yeah. protesting against excessive We need more open space. We are to speak in favor of this proposition for providing some uh, some monies for the purchases of some more open space. <laughs> uh, people gotta uh, walk their dogs. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. We uh, we need a commons. Uh, where are you gonna hold hands with your girlfriend? Uh, I like to go on. Uh, I like to go on a nature hike. You take a little where, walk on some. Where am I gonna go on a on a nature hike? Where you recently excavated ground? <laughs> Maybe it's been uh, it's been uh, <laughs> sodded overnight. Uh, bring bring back the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> we need some space for the wolves. Uh, yeah, Providence. I've been there. I I I went to Providence once. Um, it was a, it was a, it was an important trip in several on several levels, and I hadn't entirely forgotten about it, but I was reminded of it not long ago because I was looking through some old notebooks and found I had this uh, big, you know, like uh, twelve by nine inch uh, sketchbook that I used as kind of a scrapbook, and I wrote song lyrics and funny funny thoughts in it and so on. And I tried journaling. I tried keeping a diary for a little while. And it failed at it. Um, yeah. But the very brief period that I was doing it, I was taking notes on um, this trip I took with my friend Emily to Providence uh, to go visit her sister, who was a student at RISD. And uh, I had I had been there and back having a little crush on uh, Emily, but. Uh, yeah. By the time, by the time it occurred to each of us that we might like each other, she she already had a boyfriend who she later married. It is a wonderful guy. Well, so I'm that was that out of the question. Well. But um, what's that? I'm glad that went well for her. Yeah, it did. It, it appears. Um, but she wanted to go see her sister, and she invited me along, and um, I essentially learned uh to drive stick on the on the highway to Providence from Philadelphia, and then we got to um. <laughs> We got to uh, Providence, and I promptly fell in love with her sister, who uh, was making, and probably because she was making chairs you couldn't sit in. Interesting. As an art project. I think you could probably sit in them, but that didn't seem to be their primary uh, 
primary purpose. Uh-huh. Um, and it was wonderful. It was, uh, I, you know, I'd never experienced the sort of bohemian slash art student lifestyle before, the sort of big house with lots of people rattling around in it. And Oh, I think it's, it's heaven, isn't it? It's wonderful. Yeah. I don't know so, who gets to actually live like that. I think you should do, you get to get through like about six months of that, I think. Yeah, I never are. did it. I never, I never did it. I've lived in a house with a bunch of people over a summer. Um, and it was, it, it was interesting, but always, always stressful. I, I, I thought I was, I got the biggest room yeah. in this place. This was a, in the Philly over the summer once, um, because it had beautiful windows and I wanted the beautiful windows and everyone just sort of let me have it, which was a surprise to me. I didn't understand why I was being permitted to take it. Because it was and, a bohemian uh, enclave, and you were asserting your bourgeois needs, and they were fine with that. That's yeah, they were like, needed, man. whatever, dude. Uh, no, it was because it was next to the common room, and it just didn't occur to me that people would like get stoned and wa- watch super loud TV until 4 in the morning. This was oh. not a thing that happened in my life. I didn't yeah. think humans did it. And yeah, a lot, a lot of them do. And so for the whole summer, I would like peek my head out at 2, 3 a.m., and I was like, guys... I became. Were they watching? Uh, were they watching Swedish films or Ren and Stimpy? War movies. Old war movies. Were they soldiers? It was actually no. a Bohemian. No. Bohemian sentimental well, is, veterans. No, this is a, this was not a Bohemian house. This was a. This oh, was like. There's an, a bunch of people. Yeah, there's a bunch. It's just a bunch of people. I'm sorry, I was carrying over the previous. Yeah, I had, I had, I'd made a lateral move. I'm sorry. I'm sorry too. No, Ed, I'm sorry. I'm the one who should be apologizing right now. No, it's uh, it's it's all me. I've had to apologize several times this week. Mm, mm, mm. Do tell. I was I was uh, I was having a uh, a beer with some friends up in Everett after a class. Yeah. And just um, it was, it was one beer. I they can't I can't blame it on that. I think it's it's a uh, um, becoming. I'm not becoming antisocial by character. I'm just not hanging out very much with others, you yeah. know, except for the tot and uh, the whiff. And um, and I've made a little space in the, uh, the the garage where I'm trying to write songs. So that's become my little my little um, cave. It's one, one of the reasons why the computer was updating is I think I've had it down there outside of. Um, Wi-Fi range. Wow, <laughs> when I brought it, wow. when I brought it inside, it was, uh, um, you know, it needed to gussy itself up real quick. Right. Like like a like a gentleman caller was coming. Lots <laughs> updates. I'm the gentleman caller. I'm... Mm-hmm. Wi-Fi was the gentleman caller. Yeah. And uh, did you ever play the the the, the gentleman caller in, uh, in uh, the Glass Menagerie? No, I did not. I did not oh, play didn't that you, role. You didn't. No, it's a good role. What? What is, what is it? You don't know the, the Glass Menagerie, Tennessee Williams play? It's, yeah, oh, I know of it. I don't. I don't remember it at all. Oh well, it's just that's the character name. Is is it? Does he have like one line? No, no. The the play revolves around the the gentleman caller. Right, you and you've played him? No. No. Why did you think I would have played him? Just a, just a rhetorical figure. <laughs> just a way to introduce it. Do you ever play the stage manager, Officer Krupke? 
No, I really wanted to play the stage manager, but I didn't get the role. I I was like, I I was like quiet guy who died a while ago or something. Yeah, <laughs> you were you did it. You, yeah. you did some Spoon River, or uh, oh, our no, our town, yeah. our town. I did some our town. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, inspired by Spoon River anthology. Oh, um, really? Mm-hmm. As was the uh, Richard Buckner album. Uh, yeah. What the hell's the name of the album? Spoon River Anthology? No, it's not. It's not. It's called something else. God, it's a good record. But the problem is he uh, he fades all the songs together and puts them on one long track. You can't like listen to a specific song by going to that track. Um, it's all one, one big Richard Buckner is very interesting. He's very interesting. And his yeah. last album is superb and yeah. odd. You and I saw him in New Orleans. Yep. And then uh, on stage and then in the bar. And that's then right. at the same. That was actually, and I'm not going to forget the the anecdote that we're straying away from because I want to get back to it and hear why you had to apologize. But oh, I was I, just, I was, I was just well, cranky. I was just cranky, and I said something mean about the South, and then something <laughs> mean about Jeff Bridges in conversation. <laughs> but but they were with unexpected vitriol that sort of shut down the conversations in both cases. That's all it was. Oh, all right. Why? Why did you say these things? Because uh, I don't think I, I hadn't talked to anybody in a while. I had uh, forgotten how to speak politely. Okay, I can understand that. Then I was rude to a lady, a, a volunteer for the Seattle Arts and Lectures, at a Ted Kuzer reading. <laughs> as I was, I was trying to walk over to where it's a confusing layout. It's at the it's at the Chihuly Glass Museum, which is a terrible thing, <laughs> and it's terribly designed, and it's everything about it is awful except that it looks very nice. Right. Uh, it's a good place for reading, but it's a terrible place for reading because it's at the Space Needle and you can't park anywhere, and it's just sort of a tourist trap that for the uh, you know to to celebrate baby boomers and their mass production methods of bad art. <laughs> Wait, quick, quick anecdote. It's like a museum of hotel lobbies. <laughs> it's like seven beautiful hotel lobbies. <laughs> Connected to each other, it's a treasure. <laughs> when uh, when the art museum in Missoula had a Chihuly show, he, you know, I was in charge of like coming in in the morning and dusting all the sculptures, and I'd put on my white gloves and I'd very gently, you know, st- st- stabilize them with one hand while I dust with the other, and uh, was terrified every day because there were these big, you know, because it's the bad art that you had to encounter. So I, so then Chihuly shows up for the, you know, everything was shipped ahead of him. And yeah. put up by his assistants, and then at one point he just sh- he shows up to like make sure it looks okay. And I, I was walking around the room with him as he was like making you know this one goes this way. Make sure you do this, and and so I said to him that you know, and they're all like teetering there. Like if you bump one, why if you're if you like back up at an opening with a glass of wine and you hit one, it's gonna fall on the floor. So I said, what what do you do when one breaks? And he says, oh, I just call the studio, they make another one. <laughs> I was like, oh. It happened because it has, has happened all the time, probably. And he said, he you only has wor- one eye. He's probably bouncing into things. He's like a pinball. <laughs> he said, you weren't worried about that, were you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm sure I know this. No, of course not. About that. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, you were, you, you were rude to this lady. Why were you rude to the lady? Well, I couldn't. Fi- I, I was confused by the layout. I had sort of come in the wrong way, which was the front entrance. Um, and then it had been sort of handed off from 
one person to another into the space where you're supposed to be. And then I was supposed to go to this back track down this hallway to this patron party where I, I didn't have the ticket for it because my ticket was over at the patron party. But they were sort of checking tickets like at the other end of this long hallway. And this was very nice volunteer who was in charge of checking to make sure you had the ticket before you got to the person who checked your tickets. Right. Was doing her job very well and was being very insistent that I show her my ticket. And I was, I just, I have sometimes I have a stammer and I was, I was kind of, I realized that I was not going to be able to be articulate with her, that I didn't have what the situation was. And, and she was, you know, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? And I said, I, I'm going over here and I don't need your assistance to get there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was I was trying to be polite, but also I was dismissive. And this person is a volunteer, and mm-hmm. um, and this is Seattle, where you have to be so fucking hyper fucking polite all the fucking time. <laughs> and I'm surrounded by this chihuly shit, which is just <laughs> putting me on edge. It's putting you on edge right now. Yeah. Well, I'm a part of it because we have, we're, we're supposed to worship this Chihuly guy. And I have a lot of friends here in Seattle, people who know him, people used to, you know, a friend who used to, you know, went out with him for years. And, and uh, the, the poetry series is there, and it's nice, and it's probably good for the poetry series that it's there. It might get some more patrons. It's sort of an elegant sit- setting. But the museum sh- it shouldn't fucking be there. But they tore, it's at the Seattle Center, they tore down a children's playground, um, the Fun Forest. Oh. They tore it down, and they pretended to have, they had the phoniest and flimsiest of, of, of civic discussions. It was clear that the money people wanted to put up a Chihuly Museum here, because they love to suck his dick. His art dick is so far down the throat of Seattle money people that it's coming out their toes. Walking around like ducks, and and uh, you know some of the we thought well the, some of the discussion that was very brief was about um, you know well maybe we should put something else here for the children. Uh, there's a really there's a shortage of space like there's very there, rarely is there an opportunity to create public space in downtown mm-hmm. Seattle. And I'm like you know we also going back to the, the namesake of the city we should probably have some sort of native center or something that honors. You know, that, that came up, and that was a popular idea. That's something the city sort of needs. And then at the end, it's like, no, we're just going to put up this fucking Chihuly Museum. Um, uh, private, a, a, essentially, a private collection of museum celebrating one artist um, using taxpayer money on public property. Um, and you all could just go fuck yourselves. Yep. Yep. I hear you. Uh, Thanks for the rant. I mean, I I uh, I remember the controversy. When when was it built? When was the museum built? Just uh, just like last year. Yeah, it's I I. There's nothing sadder than this than the Fun Forest website. <laughs> nothing sadder. It's yeah. uh it's a it's a blog, uh, obviously made with the first template that that they yeah. you know the first WordPress oh. template they came yeah. across, and um, it's um. The the top the top post there's a little <laughs> there's a little tab on the side that says latest <laughs> and oh. the um and it's from August sixteenth two thousand thirteen and it says why fun forest is so much fun 
is the title. Fun Forest in Seattle offers children of all ages something to enjoy. The younger kids will have plenty of excitement from just taking in the sights and sounds. There are plenty of games such as skee-ball, dart games, and more to keep younger and older children entertained for hours. The youngest ones of the bunch will love the carousel that's available to ride. No carousel. No. Inflatable bouncing attractions. (laughs) I like that phrase. Offer fun for older kids as well. There aren't too many places left like Fun Forest. So it's time to take advantage of it. You could sense the the writing being on yeah. the wall. Yeah. You can feel it. It's horrible. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a real shame. Well, the whole Seattle Center, which is supposed to be the center of Seattle, and, you know, not, it's just for tourists now. I mean, like anything else that defines a city. The people who live there would never go to a, the things that are iconic about that city, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, the other major you know, feature, aside from the Space Needle, is the Experience Music Project, which is uh, you know, the big um, Frank Gehry building about rock and roll, and then there's a Science Fiction Hall of Fame. And it is also, uh, ab- uh, I-, I find it also abhorrent. Um, because mostly, the stuff in it's okay. I like guitars. I kind of um, I kind of got a kick out of EMP, actually, to my great yeah, surprise. I- yeah, I, 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 not not I, that I'll ever go back, but yeah, I mean it's cool, ish. Uh, the the, the I, don't, I, don't, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I don't like it. I, I, I like I like the thing that it's supposed to be about, which is music and rock music. Um, but I hate the museum, and partly yeah. it's you just can't forget that this is just a rich baby boomers yeah. collection, right? Yeah. And so between Chihuly and Paul Allen, who owns all of the stuff, if they're Seattle Center is just like a Mount Rushmore, uh, a monument to uh, baby boomer excess. The way that the baby boomers are just taking up the air for everyone else and, um, and have bad taste, like to play harmonica in blues bands, and are never going to die. <laughs> These blues hammer motherfuckers are never going to die. They're going to build more museums to themselves. <laughs> Until, uh, I don't know. They're all going to freeze their brains, right? They're all going to be cybergenically frozen, like a clone army waiting for the science to catch up. And they're going to come back. They're going to come back in like 300 years. A little, a little slow at first from the process. <laughs> Stuttering and, and limping. But they're going to take back over. It'll be like... <laughs> It'll be like the end of uh, it'll be like the end of Dead Man's Curve, you know, where the where Jen and Dean mm-hmm. get get their shit back together for one last one last gig. They'll be they'll be out of they'll be out of cryogenic freezing, and then the day will come where the where the where the the uh, thawed boomer will raise the <laughs> harmonica to his lips and <laughs> blow a, a tentative note, and then a second mm-hmm. and a third, yeah. And, and then uh, someone rushes over with a pair of sunglasses and a fedora. They put them on his head, and then yeah. suddenly he's he's like uh, he's like, "Bring me my amplifier." Pretty soon he's he's honking out some some yeah. Muddy Waters tunes. Yeah, it's a chilling vision of uh, the near future. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's you know, like I said, that's my uh, that's my line. Yeah. Uh, good Richard Buckner show 15 years ago, though. That's right. You know, 
You, I, of the many delights of that trip, and specifically that night, um, Buckner was great. Was that at the Magnolia? Was that the name? No, it's the Mermaid. The I think mermaid. it was the. I think it was the mermaid. Uh it was a great show. He uh he's he's always wonderful, but I really enjoyed that. And then we went to the Saint and you said we're going to the Saint because um Richard Buckner will be there. Yeah. And I said, How do you know? And you said he just will be. Yeah. And then we went there and an hour later he walked in. It was yeah. amazing. And he uh um I was trying to flirt with that textile artist. Gina Phillips. Yes. She was really cool. Yeah. her her uh, She's having a booming career. You can find her work. Oh. Gina That's Phillips. Right. Okay, great. Yeah. I, so we met her, and she was fun. And and uh, I got to talk to Buckner, and he was a totally sweet, cool guy. Talked about Ebos, if I remember correctly. Oh, did we? Because he was using so. one. Yeah. Yeah. It was an opening conversation. Let's see. Oh, there she is. She's got a website with stuff on it. Very nice. Good artist. And, and uh, yeah, but it was great. It had that kind of serendipitous living in a town for a while and knowing where the stuff is and what's going to happen thing yeah. vibe. Yeah. You know, in that bar, you knew everybody in that bar. It was great. And it was three or four in the morning. Yeah. You introduced yeah. me to all these people and they were funny and charming. Yeah. And the drinks were good and. Good little bar, the same. So I, t- I, I can't remember if I told I said told this anecdote on the podcast, but I had I didn't see Buckner again for many years, and to my shame, I missed a bunch of his shows. He came to Ithaca several times, and I missed them for usually some lame reason, usually mostly just being middle aged, I think. And um, and finally, he was coming to the Haunt, the sort of big rock club, Ithaca, and. Uh, Reen and I and the members of my band decided we really had to go. We weren't going to miss him this time. So we all went and uh I can't even remember who the opening who the local opener was, but everybody left after the local opener and there were only about 20 people left listening to um Buckner. But there were 20 rabidly intense fans. Um Rian, perhaps the most the biggest fan in the in the room. And um, you know my wife; she's rather reserved, but she uh, usually. So there's you know all of us who were really into it were crowded up around the front of the club. But the problem with this club is when people are back at the bar, if they are talking, it just overwhelms the entire room. Can't play quiet music. Um, the Mountain Goats got really pissed off at the at the crowd last time they played in Ithaca because there just were a bunch of assholes talking loudly when Darnielle was doing his sort of new quiet piano songs. And he actually scolded them, which is, um, on one hand, is not cool, and I was surprised to see him do it. But on the other hand, these, these people were just being obnoxious. Anyway, two dudes were standing in the back of the room just loudly talking, and I don't think they realized that they were ruining the show. Um, Buckner made no reference to them at all, but at one point, I could see Rian getting more and more agitated. And then between songs, she turned, spun around, marched back there, and just just told him off. And they were utterly horrified. They they just couldn't believe that this lady had come up to them and told them to shut up. And uh, and that was it. She saved the show. The rest of the yeah. show was great. Yeah. And I heard every note. 
but I'm still like deep, little, deeply little, proud of her. Little quiet notes up at the top of the piano. Yeah. Oh no, this isn't the Mountain Goats. This is a uh, this is Buckner. Oh, I see. So the quiet notes up up the top of the guitar. Yeah, the little ones. Yeah. I loved his first album, like the, the Daisy Chain song. Yep, you introduced and him to me with Surprise that Arizona. Yep. Solid tunes. Those are really good tunes. Solid tunes. He played them both at uh, the Haunt because it was a greatest hits show. He had, I had missed out on it, uh, but he apparently had requested, uh, he requested songs on Facebook. Anyone who's coming to the show, I will play whatever you want. Just tell me. I'll write them all down, and then I will play them. And that's exactly what he did. And it was all of the all of my favorites. Mm. Little wallet picture. Yeah. Yeah. Good songs. Good songs. Um, how's your music coming? You all were uh, recording last week. Excuse me, I have to run the water for a second. Go ahead. What are you making coffee? I just have to. I just have to make coffee, John. Well, I I don't object to that. This is this this is bad audio. No, no, it's a, it's sound effect. Really? Yeah, it's your. Do you, uh, you like it? You're you're the foley artist of. I also want you to know doing... I'm not I'm not peeing. No, no, no. I, no, want, no. I just I, want to make that clear. Also, I hope that it doesn't sound that way when you pee. Um. Yeah, yeah. Foley artist. That's right. It's foley artistry. Right. The uh, sound sound person. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Uh. Just yesterday. This is this is a broader. I guess this is a broader topic than just yesterday's recording session. But um we had uh we're at the stage now where we the album is basically done. We had a band meeting. We all sat sat in the in the studio and I just played the whole record through the through the stereo. And uh everyone listened, took notes, yeah. or they gave me notes and I wrote them down. They copious? Uh well they turns out they were. I was hoping they would be they'd be scant. Um I was hoping it would be things like, you know, you maybe you could pan the ta- the tambourine to the right and the acoustic guitar to the left instead of the other way around or By the way, did you hear that the pavement has a new album coming out? What? It's called Scant and or Copious. Wait, wait, wait. It's called Scant or Copious. Those are the there's no, there's no new pavement album. It just sounded like a pavement album. Oh. Scant or copious. The two kinds of notes that are possible. Man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry to raise false. God, fuck you, man. Expectations. Sorry to, to wake up your both fandom and critical apparatus. Jesus Christ. Well, it wouldn't have been any good. Scant or copious. Scant or copious wouldn't be good. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the notes were, were not scanty, but they were. They were copious. They were, they were undesire, undesirably copious. And of course, in the end, they're excellent notes because everyone was, I think it was that, you know, people had, um, people had, that's a nice, I've got a nice view of your haunch right now. It's a nice haunch. Yeah. You're a lucky man. You've got a bit of a stain on your t-shirt as well. We're, bro- we're wearing the uniform of, uh, the uniform of lunchbox, white t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh yeah, uh they were pretty elaborate and uh people wanted a lot of stuff replaced, uh vocal tracks, um guitar tracks and in several cases drums, which was a surprise to me and which is kind of a not terribly difficult but 
a task, but one that threatens to have to necessitate to a lot of editing. everything else off. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to try to replace drums in a couple songs. Uh, if it doesn't work, though, I have clearance to go. I, I think the drums sound good, but um, there are a few little bits that, that we decided could be improved. So, But then yesterday, um, yesterday was going to be the last guitar overdub day of the album, and it looks like it actually will be. Uh, so Lauren wanted to replace her whole part for one song, and she came over, and I blocked out 3 to 5 p.m., figuring that would be ample. And the first hour might be scanty. <laughs> the first hour, uh, she she kept fucking up and was nervous and anxious and kept having to you know uh, she kept calling it a tantrum, but it was not a tantrum. It was just it was quiet frustration. And um, she you know we did take after take after take after take, and uh, then after the first hour, she suddenly relaxed and all of the anxiety was conveyed to me and now i started screwing everything up i uh messed up the you know i didn't arm the track when it was a good take and we didn't get it or i put the cursor in the wrong place or i accidentally moved something around or then the audio interface started popping and cracking and i had to restart everything and uh and after two hours I, we just gave up i was like i i'll just see if i can I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can just knit this together. And she's like, yeah, it really sucks, doesn't it? I was like, ah, it'll work out. It's okay. So I get up this morning and I turn on the computer and I listen to the last take. And except for like two mistakes, it's perfect. So I just flew in, flew in a couple of chords from a different take. The whole thing was perfect. What on earth is that all about? And this has happened to me again and again. That the... I'll think something's terrible and it turns out to be fine. And I and I apply this to writing as well. Or I think I'll think something is superb and it's garbage. Mm, that's the more dangerous one. Yeah. yeah. That's the one you get into trouble. Yeah. But uh both both are fixable. Yeah, so part of the process. In this case it, it turned out the good way, which is it was better than we thought it was. And um uh after sunday sunday we have little drums little vocals and it's over so i'm sending it to mastering my goal is next is on friday i want to send it to mastering on friday send it to the the pressing plant the following week what was the name of the track that you're all working on yesterday uh it's called don't look in my window sounds spooky um i wouldn't call it spooky it's beatlesy beatlesy it's sort of uh, got a kind of a fixing hole vibe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Which is a spooky song. Yeah, actually, well, can't think of it. Spooky, I define that by having lots of minor chords. Um, and it's all... got, some, it's got, I don't know, is that the theorem? It's got a sort of like a haunted house sounds in it, fixing a hole, don't you think? Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of hauntedy. Here, let me. Um... I'll read you. I'll read you the um I'll read you the uh the the, the song's uh, lyrics. Although I'm looking at Oh, here it is. This is Adam's lyrics are Adam is really good at writing lyrics that are that have kind of a populist Tom Petty-ish appeal, but are actually um kind of vague and uh and evocative. And it's a, it's a, 
it, it's they're not really like his stories. Adam is a really good fiction writer, um, but his songs sort of they, I don't know what it is. He can write hit songs. I think is what I'm saying. Um, and this this is like a hit song kind of song. Uh, long last, I've got the sign. Finally, I've been here for so long, and everything was wrong. Threw away my winter clothes. I sold my records, sold them for a song. I must be moving on. Don't look in my window. I won't be there. And there's a great, uh, like every good, uh, like uh, every good um, Elliot Smith song. It's all about the bridge. Um, now I guess the, I guess they'd call that the chorus. See, and then there's a song by me after it that's just dorky. I re- I really love this tune. Don't look in my window. I'm glad we're fixing it. We're going to try to replace all the drums tomorrow. And, uh, ooh, the world is yours when you figure out the world don't care. Don't look in my window. I won't be there. Sounds good. It's really good. It's really good. You'll hear it before long. The implication is that he's not actually leaving. Perhaps. Um, Maybe. Maybe. Don't look for proof of my leaving. Because I might actually... Not be, band is, not be courageous enough to really leave. You know what? I, we just did. We just learned that we're going to be playing. Um, we're going to be playing this uh, benefit for the public library, and it's like a theater show. It's like a hall in a hall, which we've never done before. Yeah, no, no, not like that. <laughs> no jazz hands, I promise. Um, it's a it's a theater show, and uh, which is already kind of strange to be playing a, a rock. A rock show on a stage like that, but uh, we just found out that we're going with oh, the um, proscenium and seats. Well, in this Either case, show. it's it's Cornell's Barnes Hall, um, which I'll see if I can find a picture of for you. Um, it's a it is a wonderful space, and um, I was talking to the sound guy about this. I was been quite excited about this, and he said, "Well, here's the problem with Barnes Hall. It sounds great." In the audience, and I would I would argue it's the best sounding, um, best sounding room in Ithaca. The problem is, he says, that when you are up there, you can't hear anything that's going on. So from the stage, it's just a shit show. But uh, in the crowd, it's fantastic. And I'll I'll paste a link here for you. Ah, shit! How do I even paste a link anymore in this new Skype? What is this bullshit? Tell me, Ed, what is this bullshit? Just uh, put the cursor over the over the uh, over my shoulder, and there should be a menu that appears. Uh, I don't below my I head. Don't have I don't have that menu. No, no little shadow add, menu here. Oh wait, add, send, and share. Send files, maybe. Is that it? No. No. This is this is tragic. Share screen sent instant message. That's what I there want. Okay, here, here it is. There you go. Getting some so, good coffee maker sounds. They're coming through. Yeah, they're great. It's great. The old Proctor Silex, eleven dollars. From Bartel Drugs. <laughs> Are you proud of the amount of money you spend on your coffee maker, Ed? I'm I'm proud of this thing because of the the number of forty, fifty dollar coffee makers I've bought over the last twenty years that last a year or less that are disposable. Yeah. This thing is solid. This thing's not going anywhere. I'm getting so, lots of lots of plastic 
bleed-ins, one of the notes, a lot of plastic notes in the coffee, but uh, it works. <laughs> Do you want to know what I spent on uh, on uh, our coffee maker? Seven hundred dollars. Hundred and forty-four. Hundred and forty-four dollars. Yep. And let me tell you, it is great. It do. Yeah. Just makes coffee. In fact, it does less than the many coffee makers it replaced. There's no timer. There's no clock on it. Um, no delay. No delay. I know you love the. I know you love the delay. Um, it is. It's wonderful. It makes a wonderful cup of coffee. It's the Bonavita BV eighteen hundred. Nice. It's very very simple and straightforward. Mine has a prog button on it. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's got some. Uh, in which it just uh, just selects an oblique <laughs> strategy for uh, <laughs> for my coffee. Sometimes no coffee comes out at all. Sometimes why not make the coffee pink? <laughs> oh. All right, I think we got distracted. That that riff about me reading the lyrics of our rock song was boring. So the music's going well. I'm having trouble yeah, writing the music, songs. The music's no, it's going hard. well. I spent How... a month spent a month writing songs, and I don't have a full song to show for it. But I have the basic armature of five. Okay, I I know that feeling. It's hard, and I and then there's the question of of is this this sounds pretty good. This is some other song that somebody else already wrote, isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. This is, I'm, my ear is, and I'll figure it out. I realize that it's just like one, like two or three notes that, you know, belong somewhere, you know. Like I deduced that like, like two notes were from somewhere deep in Swing Low Sweet Chariot. Mm-hmm. Um no, let my people go. It's, it's the tell old pharaoh. <laughs> da 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 da. It's the tell old pharaoh um, sound. Da 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 da. And there's a. Uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, there was. They did something in E that 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 I had to try to track down what it was reminding me. It, it doesn't resemble the song at all, but there's something. In the just like the, the the timing or like one note, how how it moves from one chord to another or something, I had to I had to chase down uh, what it was, and it was uh, the Blues Brothers version of Rubber Biscuit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's like a um, during the uh, the refrain, there's like a, a an overtone, um, uh, that you know, like the drummer is singing, um. Like a couple octaves above everything else. <laughs> well, so so, but so what? So, like, like, what if I is, is it like with poetry? Like, when I, I often am thinking as I'm working on a poem, I'm like I'm, I know I'm, I'm stealing this, I'm stealing this, I'm stealing this, in ways that I know I've learned that nobody else can see. Nobody knows, correct? Because I'm, I'm not actually stealing anything, right? It's like it's like, oh, this is a figure of mind that is sort of reminiscent of a way that Elizabeth, uh, that Emily that Elizabeth Bishop sort of did something in one poem. But yeah. I can look at it and I can see that's I can see the direct line to you know whoever I'm you know doing something. Read, um, but there's no there's not it's there's nothing there that it's not I'm not really doing it. But we still there's some anxiety that's produced, right? Yeah. Like there's yeah. still a feeling of okay I'm not actually creating something. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not actually bringing something new in to the world. We um one of the songs on on our record, one of mine, it's, is called uh, "Are You Awake?" And the first the first two words of it are "Tuesday morning." Those are the first lyrics. The first uh, the um the first sung words, and I sing the word Tuesday. It's the exact same melody as the first two syllables of that um, Moody Blues song. Was it Tuesday afternoon? Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. But then it's not like the Moody Blues anymore after that. And that, that is an actual it's intentional lift. But I actually, yeah. a friend of mine, I played that song for him. And he's like, I don't like it because it's because of that Tuesday. Because it's, it's Tuesday afternoon. And I was like, well, it's a reference to Tuesday afternoon. No, I don't like it. I just, I just yeah. want to hear Tuesday afternoon after that. That's right. It's the Twister effect. The Twister effect? Yeah. You remember the movie Twister? Yeah. came out uh, when I was in grad school. I think you were still in town. Uh, yeah. I saw it with I Amanda saw it. Ward. I saw it or with, I believe, I saw it uh, with my massively pregnant wife, I believe. Very good. She, um, might, even have had, she might even have had contractions during it. That's a terrifying film. I had attractions <laughs> during it. Um, so there's a, a moment when uh, they're, they're all gathered at a drive-in theater. Yeah. Midway through the film. Uh, the various crews have already been some, you know, so they've had some run-ins with tornadoes. I think the, the mom's place has been destroyed already, and they're sort of regrouping at a drive-in theater. Uh, it's a twilighter evening and, and uh the movie showing and it's the shining is what's showing at the drive-in theater and they're all just kind of in the parking lot um you know because this is the the you know oklahoma kansas there's you know it's a place on the map where they could reconnoiter um and then uh they're like you know you know my uh philip seymour hoffman i think is isn't it his no really philip seymour hoffman says you know my computer device is picking up uh the tornado very near us that's a really good Seymour Hoffman. Thank you, thank you. And uh, um, like, and so like, oh, the tornado is—it's right here. And then, then the the tornado moves in from behind the drive-in movie screen, yeah, and places it. And for a moment, uh, the Shining is being projected on onto the tornado, and it's the "Here's Johnny" scene. You know, yeah. bring through one of the famous moments in all film, right? I'm watching uh, the scene right now on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, and it's it, Twister is and it's it's a good movie for what it is you know B movie yeah. disaster movie um, kind of pretty inventive really um, flying cows yeah yeah of course yeah yep um, or yeah and uh, it's a big dramatic moment but I found myself really wishing that I was watching The Shining yeah <laughs> that's right don't show The Shining in your movie <laughs> yeah yeah. If you quote something, you have to. That's the danger: is that it might make people think, "I'd rather be listening to that." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, thanks for reminding me of this better poem. <laughs> I know that is my fear. The song's going on the record. We like it, but it's like yeah. it's probably not as good as Tuesday afternoon, and it's never yeah. going to be. Yeah, um, that's all right. Yeah. Oh, this this is this scene is great. Actually, it makes me want to. Um, it does make me want to see The Shining, actually. But it also makes me want to watch Twister with the kids. Since it's especially part of Owen's birth story, I don't think he's ever seen yeah. it. Oh, um, it's a it's a fine movie. So uh, you can watch it with the yeah. soundtrack of The Shining playing. <laughs> that could be great. 
Or the soundtrack um, of Room 237 playing while watching it. Have you seen that? No, the movie is about it good? Conspiracy theorists about yeah. The Shining. Yeah. The reason I haven't seen it is that it. Some people thought it was brilliant. And other people thought it was terrible. And I don't. I don't. That's know a nice what piece. It's a nice piece of uh, uh, pop critical commentary. It's funny. Okay. Uh, okay. It's okay. not. It's not the. It's not trying to make a point about the movie, really. Okay. But it is trying to make a point. I think about uh, the create the creating something is weird. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I like is, that thesis. Is our topic really trying to create things? Yeah. Uh, is is weird. Well, what I was I wanted to mention regarding um, thinking you've ripped someone off or actually ripping someone off. Have you read Laurie Moore's story Referential, which is in her new collection? Was also in Best American Short Stories last year. I don't think so. It's a it's a cover of uh, Nabokov's Signs and Symbols. Mm. Like it's lit, it literally lifts entire sentences from the Nabokov, and it's the same plot, um, sort of updated for the present day, and with a little added subplot underneath it. It's the story. Do you know Signs and Symbols? No. It is a story think. about it's an old couple, oldish, pr- probably prematurely aged couple whose um, son is mentally ill and is in a hospital, and they. Uh, keep they go to the hospital and he's utterly incoherent. He makes no sense. They bring a gift for him, which is a a little collection of jars of jam, and they the hospital doesn't let them bring it in because it could they could be broken and used for to attack someone or commit suicide. And then they go home and they decide that they're going to bring him home no matter what, and they're cheered by this notion that somehow or another they're going to have him living at home. Uh, they can't have him in the hospital anymore. And then the phone rings, and the guy picks it up, and there's no one on the other line, on the other end. Oh no, picks it up, and it's um, it's like some advert advertising call or some wrong number or something. I can't remember exactly. And then there's another call from the same person. And then at the end of the story, the phone rings a third time, and that's the end, right? And it's all about how uh. Noticing, finding too much meaning in detail is what madness is, right? That when you think everything is meaningful, you're crazy. And uh, which, of course, is a symptom of either editing a novel or mixing an album or any any late-stage creative project where it's really hard to see the big picture because you've been so down deep in the details for such a long time. But anyway, Laurie Moore wrote the story called Referential that is, it's the same story. And my students chose it from the anthology to read a couple of weeks ago. And I immediately, once they eat, you know, the people who are leading discussion emailed the story, we'll try Referential on page whatever. And I immediately wrote back, if we're going to read that, we have to read Signs and Symbols. So I linked to it. And the students were shocked. Some of them were quite scandalized. Like, can you do that? Like, yes, you can do that. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a cover. Yeah. I think we should do, we should do covers. And uh, generally, one should do covers. Yeah, we should try it. Yeah. We do it in the band. Yeah. We're gonna play the waiting. Is it Springsteen. Petty. Oh yeah, the waiting is the, is the, the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, there's one of my favorite uh, contemporary uh, bands of, of youth youthiness, although they're probably our age, is uh, the War on Drugs. Yeah. Who are just a Tom Petty cover band, essentially. Dire Straits, <laughs> Dire Straits Tom Petty, Don Henley, solo work, cover band, basically. Um, and they're great and, and, and wildly original at the same time. And they're not really, really. They're not really covering. They're doing original songs, but yeah. If you put it on the radio, and you know, they they could, it could have given Huey Lew, Huey uh, Huey Lewis's in the news's album Sports a run for the number one uh, position on the Billboard chart in 1984. All right, now I got. Are you talking about their new record or the or the previous one? The new record. The new, new record. One. All right. Yeah, I read an article about them in Tape Op about how the record came together and it made me I, I hadn't heard them yet so and I still haven't so I will get that album yeah heavily I have heavily so much, yeah. I have so much poetry in my house that I, ha- that I haven't read yet now Ed because of our podcast yeah yeah I'm behind Dorothy Alasky's book finally came in I had quite a tussle with the bookstore trying to get a hold of it everyone on Twitter had already read it yeah it's a hell of a book Rome yeah yeah, yeah. she's great well, we should uh, think about wrapping up. Okay, we're we're coming to that time. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I don't think it's a substantive. I've been cooking a lot. Um, no. That's all I have to report. Nothing very adventurous. Lasagna roll-ups. Been trying to perfect the lasagna roll-up. Oh, it's just lasagna. But you roll up the the layers inside one strand. And then wow. You put them Do you? The idea that Oscar might might uh, eat something that's more of a discrete food than just, you know, squares cut from a larger food. I, I like it even for grown-ups. Was this your um, innovation? It's not in a toddler cookbook, but I'm, I saw a picture of it. I don't know what their recipe was. Yeah. Did it work? Um, it, has, it hasn't worked in the sense I haven't gotten Oscar to eat one, but uh, we've been eating a lot of lasagna roll-ups. I've said I want to try it with lobster, just for the name, for lobster lasagna roll-up. Yeah. I like that. I think it might taste good. Lobster's kind of cheap right now. Yeah. Um, from the store, not at a restaurant. But lobster lasagna roll-ups. Lobster lasagna roll-ups. Yeah. Well, somebody can give it a try. All right. Listeners, do it. Send us a photo. Oh, let me make sure before I sign off. I've been uh, ignoring the the Facebook post as I do. Oh God, I did something. All right, it was only only TR. Thank you, TR. Um, uh, I did something you're not going to approve of. Maybe I'll tell you about my experiences. Uh, some other podcast, but um, I jo- I joined Ello. Oh, that's fine. You were you were so you you joined and then jumped off. I did. And then I rejoined. I took a deep breath. I thought, maybe this will be a fun thing. I might as well just get it, get my place in there just in case. Um, what I'm afraid of is that they're going to kill Twitter. I'm, I'm afraid that um, Twitter is going to withdraw. Apparently, new APIs are coming out from Twitter, so um, which probably means that they're going to kill the current one, which enables third-party developers to make Twitter apps. And I, I rely on a third-party app so that I don't have to look at advertising. And uh, I would like to be able to pay uh, 
a, any social media site so that they never show me an ad. I'm happy to pay. If I used to subscribe to lots of magazines, and this is what I do instead of magazines, I read things on the internet. I'm happy sure. to pay some money for it. Um, but that doesn't seem to be an option with almost yeah. anything. So LO promises no ads ever. I don't know how the hell they're going to make any money, um, enough money to keep the thing afloat. But so maybe it's the future. Who knows? So I, maybe so I ads, are, ads are some of the problem. The other um, what uh, the, the ads are, ads are a lot of what drove me off of Facebook, along with uh, just it was dull. Yeah. But uh, you know, of course, with Facebook and Twitter, you don't need you don't need paid ads because everybody is just sort of speaking like ads. <laughs> it it yeah. is all ads. It's all people. Even when it's it's all advertising. People are advertising themselves or advertising their emotions or advertising, speaking about everything in advertising language. It's all advertising language, which is seductive and yeah. empty. All I want to do is tell jokes, Ed. Jokes and anecdotes. Yeah. And if I'm doing an event, I want people to come to it so that I can hang out with them. Do they come... Do they come to your events because you put it on the Twitter? Yeah, sometimes. Although this, wanna, this will be the this will be the first book tour where I actually have a significant number of Twitter followers. So I'm kind of curious. I might actually ask. I, basically, every reading I do, uh, someone says that they follow me on Twitter or that they read something. That's why they came. So it makes a small difference, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy your coffee. I, 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 sort of, I, sort of, I sort of have an AA person's view of, of social media right now. As, you can't as go all, just have... It's all drunkenness. It's you're all, not going to have just all, a glass of wine with dinner. Yeah. Well, let me know how Ello goes. Sure. I'll stick to my uh, Friendster and Google+. Oh, yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, but one, one thing, since I've gotten off all, off all these things, um, not only have do I not have those ways of talking to people, but I've received almost no emails in the last month. Wow. Uh, I, I, it's like I'm dead, right? Uh, it's like for some of the, it all relates. Like if you're not engaging in all those things, then you're not getting, and I'm, I, I, I don't hear from anybody. About anything. How do you feel Which about sort that? Sort of what I want. I think it's what I, what I want. I yeah. think I'm moving into a, a, a work phase. Yeah. Finishing these songs and then working on the next thing, which I already yeah. have an idea of. And I just don't want the distractions of all that, of modernness. Of others. You, well, you, don't, you don't want any goddamn help walking through the Chihuly Museum. I want other people, but I don't want their fucking. I want, I want their avatars and their updates. I want. People. People. People are not their updates. Which is why we're going to have a wonderful time at AWP next year, you and I. Mm -hmm. We are going to. We are. Um, speaking of which, we need to... Uh, nice to get involved with some off-site events or something through uh, our, uh, our undisclosed project and other things. We need to... Make sure that we're creatures of the night. Okay, so, we all right. end up, so we don't end up 
attending any panels, just out of no the feeling like we need to do something. Other we'll, than we're going to plan it. There's going to be. Uh, we should talk about this off off. So, if, anything, if we have any friends who are listening who are planning offsite events, yeah, um, you know, it'd be Bring easier for us just to throw us on the on the lineup than for us to actually have to put, come up with something. Maybe we'll come up with I'm something. Not, I'm not on any panels. My pa- my panels all got rejected. Um, I think they're more interesting than the panels that were approved, personally. Uh, and I'm I was quite uh, quite bewildered by their having been rejected. So I'm I baby reject boomers. the notion of baby boomers are in charge of the panel judging. Oh, that that explains it. Why? That explains it. So I I reject the idea. I I reject oh. panels entirely. I reject. The I reject their rejections. That's right. I'll show you a what panel. Was it Huey Long said? Not only to deny the allegations, I deny the alligator. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well, then come. It's time for love.